The French and Indian War. Also known as the Seven Years' War, this new world conflict marked another chapter in the long imperial struggle between Britain and France. When France's expansion into the Ohio River Valley brought repeated conflict with the claims of the British colonies, a series of battles led to the official British British declaration of war in 1756. Boosted by the financing of future Prime Minister William Pitt, the British turned the tide with victories at Louisbourg, Fort Frontenac, and the French-Canadian stronghold of Quebec. At the 1763 Peace Conference, the British received the territories of Canada from France and Florida from Spain, opening the Mississippi Valley to westward expansion. So you can see, eighth graders, that the French are holding a lot of that area along the Ohio running north to south, and then the British are mostly on the East Coast, and so they're they're interfacing right in that space between. So the British are moving west, and the French are moving east. The Seven Years' War, also known as the French and Indian War, lasted from 1756 to 1763. And it formed a chapter in the imperial struggle between Britain and France called the Second Hundred Years' War. In the early 1750s, France's expansion into the Ohio River Valley repeatedly brought it into conflict with the claims of the British colonies, especially Virginia. Remember what you learned about uh, George Washington in yesterday's podcast, 8th graders. In 1754, the French built Fort Duquesne. Pardon me, let me try that again. Duquesne, where the Allegheny and Monohagalea rivers joined to form the Ohio River. It's today's Pittsburgh, making it a strategically important stronghold that the British repeatedly attacked. During 1754 and 1755, the French won a string of victories, defeating in quick succession the young George Washington, General Edward Braddock, and Braddock's successor, Governor William Shirley of Massachusetts. In 1755, Governor Shirley, fearing that the French settlers in Nova Scotia, Acadia, would side with with France in any military confrontation, expelled hundreds of them to other British colonies. Many of the exiles suffered cruelly. Throughout this period, the British military effort was hampered by lack of interest at home, rivalries among the American colonies, and France's greater success in winning the support of the Indians. In 1756, the British formally declared war, marking the official beginning of the Seven Years' War. But their new commander in America, Lord Loudon, faced some problems as his predecessors and met with little success against the French and their Indian allies. The tides turned in 1757 because William Pitt, the new British leader, saw the colonial conflicts as the key to building a vast British empire. 
Borrowing heavily to finance the war, he paid pressure to fight in Europe and reimbursed the colonies for raising troops in North America. Eighth graders, this is a really important piece to notice, okay? William Pitt sees potential in America. He is willing to fight for it. It's almost as if the colonies are like this key, this gateway into this vast area of, um, well, from their perspective, a place where they could grow and progress and also be free from religious persecution. Okay, moving on. The British victory in Canada. In, in July of 1758, the British won their first great victory at Lewisburg near the mount of the St. Lawrence River. That's Nala chiming in. A month later, they took Fort Frontenac at the western end of the river. In November that year, 1758, General John Forbes captured Fort Dun... <laughs> Okay, eighth graders, it's spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. If somebody wants to tell, figure out how to correctly pronounce that and share it with the class, that would be great. Thank you. One more time, I'll spell it D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. I'm guessing it's French. For the Okay, let me start that whole sentence over. In November 1758, General John Forbes captured Fort Duquince for the British after the French destroyed and abandoned it. And Fort Pitt, named after William Pitt, was built on the site, giving the British a key stronghold. The British closed in on Quebec, where General James Wolfe won a spectacular victory in the Battle of Quebec on the Plains of Abraham in September of 59. Though both he and the French commander, the Marquis de Montcalm, were fatally wounded. Uh, please read about the Battle of Quebec at your own leisure. With the fall of Montreal in September of 1760, the French lost their, la their last foothold in Canada. Soon, Spain joined France against England, and for the rest of the war, Britain concentrated on seizing French and Spanish territories in other parts of the world. So remember these European players in the colonial expansion and how they are now fighting wars abroad. So they're not in their homelands, right? The Treaty, the treaty of Paris ends the war. The French and Indian War ended with the signing of the Treaty of Paris in February of 1763. The British received Canada from France and Florida from Spain, but permitted France to keep its West Indian sugar islands and gave Louisiana to Spain. The arrangement strengthened the American colonies significantly by removing their European rivals to the north and south and opening the Mississippi Valley to westward expansion. This is a huge deal, eighth graders. So the impact of the Seven Years' War on the American Revolution. They're heavily related, dear ones. The British crown borrowed heavily from the British and Dutch bankers to bankroll the war, doubling British national debt. King George II argued that since the French and Indian War benefited the colonists by securing their borders, they should contribute to paying down the war debt. 
where else do you see this, eighth graders? To defend this newly won territory from future attacks, King George II also decided to install permanent British army units in the Americas, which required additional sources of revenue. So it's as if people from other places, so people from Britain are coming and trying to control an area that they actually don't really know that well. In 1765, Parliament passed the Stamp Act to help pay down the war debt and finance the British Army's presence in the Americas. It was the first internal tax directly levied on American colonists by Parliament and was met with very, very strong resistance. And it was followed by the unpopular Townshend Acts and Tea Act. We've heard a lot about this one and Johnny Tremaine is all about it which further incensed colonists to believe there should be no taxation without representation. No taxation without representation. What does that mean? You listened to it a little bit in yesterday's podcast and more to come. Britain's increasingly mil militaristic response to the colonial unrest would ultimately lead to the American Revolution. 15 years after the Treaty of Paris, French bitterness over the loss of most of their colonial empire contributed to their intervention on the side of the colonists in the Revolutionary War. So that's kind of cool, right? So I'm going to give you a few more interesting facts. And I know that you guys heard some of these yesterday in the podcast. Um, but just a few more little sprinkles of interesting facts. So you know about how George Washington had that uh, fateful um, battle in, that where 12 people ended up dying um, and it sparked what became this war. So he was the one that struck the first war's blow. Hang on just a second. Nala, big good girl, okay. Okay, um, it was part of the very first global war. The volley fired by the young Virginian in the backwoods of America set the world on fire, right? That young Virginian is Washington, D.C. And this was a global war. So, um, it and Winston Churchill called it just that, which is a big thing coming from the prime minister of England, um, of Britain, pardon me. So the fighting, think about it. It was in Europe, the Caribbean, the Philippines, India, Africa. It was in the North American portion, or pardon me, the North American portion of the conflict that became known as the French and Indian War. But that's also, so see why it's called a couple different things. Okay, Seven Years War actually lasted nine years. So the hostilities began in 1754, but war wasn't officially declared until 1756. So it's important to note, you know, there is this progression and that's why these timelines can get a little tricky. So in spite of the war's moniker, not all Native Americans sided with the French. While the majority of Native Americans tribes backed the French, Numerous tribes remained neutral, fought alongside the British, or shifted allegiances with the winds of war. Native American tribes, which laid claim to the same territories that the British and French were fighting over, were hardly monolithic. 
Okay, look up what monotheism is, please, dear eighth graders, and to better understand that phrase. So a lot of Native American people um, worship more than one God. They are polytheistic. And their fault lines were reflected in the sides that they backed. Okay, so the Iroquois Confederacy, initially neutral, eventually allied with the British in 1758, while the Algonquins, their traditional rivals, backed the French. If you would like to do a little bit of additional research, dear eighth graders, I highly recommend that you research what was going on between the Native American tribes in the Great Lakes region. Um, between the French and the British and the different specific tribes. There is, it's a really fascinating history of what was going on in that part of the world. I will let you do that on your own. <clears throat> um, let me get you some more. Oh, this is a cool one. Okay, so the war gave rise to the Cajuns. Although the Catholic residents of French-speaking Acadia composed portions of the present-day Canadian provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Islands pledged neutrality, the British feared that they would be subversive. So beginning in 1755, the British expelled thousands of Acadians. Refugees fled to the American colonies and to France, but beginning in the late 1760s, hundreds started to settle in French-controlled Louisiana. There, the name Acadian morphed into Cajun, and present-day Cajuns are descendants of these French and Indian War refugees. You guys know about the Yankee Doodle, so people were hard on the Yankees, right? They had these feathers in their caps, and they made songs. So this war inspired that song, Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni, right? Um, do you guys know that one? <laughs> so the lyrics for the patriotic tune were thought to have been composed by the British during the French and Indian War to mock the ragtag colonists fighting alongside the finely drilled and naturally attired redcoats. Intended as a derisive taunt, the patriots proudly adopted the tune during the American Revolution. Okay, um, so another part that I... I uh, just touched on is that the British gained Florida. So you remember that Spain actually had control of Florida, but here in 1763, the Treaty of Paris, oh, pardon me, it wasn't Spain, it was France. Um, the Treaty of Paris stripped France of its North American empire. Spain, which allied with France in 1762, was also forced to cede Florida to the British. Okay, so maybe I did get that right. This is why history gets really confusing, right? The names and the dates, but think about the themes. Um, okay, good. Good, 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 good. Okay, so dear eighth graders, what I would like you to do, and you do not have to turn anything in for this assignment, but I, what I do want you to do is a little bit of additional reading on the French and Indian War. 
Um, and then also the Boston Tea Party. I know that we will be reading about it more in Johnny Tremaine, but I would like you just to do a little bit of curiosity research. Like what was the Boston Tea Party? We hear about it all the time and actually there's reverb reverberations of it today. So I would like you to do a little bit more research. We'll talk about it later. Um, and enjoy. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.